here comes Santa Claus, here comes Santa Claus, right by Santa Claus Lane. He doesn't care if you're rich or poor, he loves you just the same. Santa Claus knows you're all right, children, but that's everything right. So fill your hearts with Christmas cheer, cause Santa Claus comes tonight. Hello, welcome to the Quarter to Three Movie Podcast for the movie Black Christmas. My name is Tom Chick, and I am here with Kelly Wand, who brings you Black Christmas tagline or two, maybe three. Finally, the perfect time of the year to watch and podcast about Black Christmas. (laughs) Kelly Wand, is there more of an evergreen tagline for Black Christmas that would apply any time of year? A movie that should be R but isn't. Watch your backs, Little Women. <laughs> Wait, is Little Women rated R? No, but it should be. Oh, oh. Why? Is there smoking? Well, it's Little Women. <laughs> I haven't... Have you actually seen Little Women? Uh, I watched part of it, and it was really good, actually. <laughs> okay. You've seen All more right. than me. Kelly I wanted... read it, uh, and I have... All right. Yeah, what? I got it mixed well, up with Emma, because it's got... I got Gerwig and uh, Anya Taylor-Joy mixed up. Ugh. I don't see what? how a person could... That makes no sense, Kelly Wand. Well, I'm pretty baked. It's not because of them. Kelly Wand, is there a third tagline for Black Christmas, or is the movie only worth two taglines? It's not even worth two, but... Right. Uh, classic Hawthorne. You have to have oh, seen... Oh, right, right. <laughs> the, right, right. The guy's name is... Has... Right. Not Nathaniel, Calvin Hawthorne. Right. Yeah, the other Hawthorne. Yeah. The... Uh, Black Christmas is a 2019 horror movie directed by Sophia Tekal. It is written by Sophia Tekal and a lady named April Wolf. It is based not at all on a 1974 slasher movie. It stars Imogene Poots, Carrie Elways, and no one else you have ever heard of. Black Christmas... Oh, yeah. I have heard of Carrie Elways, so... Right, right, just those two. Uh, Black Christmas is rated PG-13 for... Here's the list, Kelly Wan. There's a bunch of things here. I, I can imagine they've covered all their bases, so I, there, there can't be anything they've missed, but, but listen and to see if there, there's anything that was skipped. Here we go. PG-13 for violence, terror, thematic content involving sexual assault, language, sexual material, drinking. Those things. Fortunately, <laughs> no smoking, I'm happy to report. There's not even vaping in it. But those other things, surely all the bases are covered, Kelly Wan. They not even drinking it. alcohol, but just consuming a liquid. Oh, good point. It does say drinking. Right, right. Just the word drinking. But, you know, I think... Sad in the movie, maybe. Right. So is there anything missing from that? Um, There's a little bit of cleavage. Oh. Uh, also, really? improper use of a bust, but not the one I'm talking about. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and also improper use of a diva comb, whatever that is. <laughs> diva cup. <laughs> diva cup. You're, you're confusing two of the tokens that were stolen. There's a comb and a diva cup. What? Kelly, one, have you seen Black Christmas? Yeah, but I didn't understand this when it was <laughs> happening. So it's not a memory issue; it's a confusion issue. Uh, Black Christmas is at 49 on Metacritic on Rotten Tomatoes. After all is, this time, which is the average percentage of uh, reviews that are, which is the percentage of reviews that are positive, it's at 37%. On CinemaScore, which man, Kelly Wand, we're not going to have CinemaScore ratings anymore, but on CinemaScore, it's at a D plus. So one's a number and one's a letter. Oh it's shoot. Like, uh... Kelly Wand, I forgot to look up how much money it made. Let's just say it opened at, I don't know, number four. And it it's made. It's dead when I saw it. Yeah, it made $8 million, we'll say, on its opening weekend. 
Uh, Mostly thanks to us saying, hey, there's an Opsis coming. Right, right. Well, now it's available online for people to watch. You don't have to go to a theater. CinemaScore can't pull you. Uh, can't not catch a guidance from watching it. Exactly. It's perfectly safe. You'll feel, you'll wish you had. Kelly Wan, do you know what I want right now? Nope, I don't. I want, I want a synopsis of Black Christmas. What? I do. I think oh. everyone does. I think that's I don't our... think it was that hard to follow. I don't understand. <laughs> <laughs> that's our reason for being here, Kelly Wan. Mine and most of the people listening, we demand a Black Christmas synopsis. I think they just want an opsis, and so do you, and you'll settle for this since it exists. Kelly Wan, it's been four months without an opsis. Do you know how difficult know. that is for, for, for me and for many people listening? That's just This has been a, a long desert, and you are now an oasis. You're now bringing us an opsis. We are, uh, we, we are thirsty. We've been through the wasteland. We need an opsis, and if it's for Black Christmas, by golly, that's fine. We'll take what we can get. <laughs> well, I, I think it's a nice bridge to uh, you know the future. All right. Well, let's let's look into the future with a Black Christmas or synopsis. Black Christmopsis. Oh, sorry. Real, what real would quick. I call such a thing? A Black Christmas. <laughs> black Christmopsis. You know what you would call it, Kelly Wand? No? You would call it a birthday gift to our friend Chris Markinson, whose birthday oh. is the day that this podcast posts. So that's what you would call it, and that's what I would call it. Not Hitler's birthday. Same as. When is Hitler's birthday? Why would you know 420. that? Four twenty. Because it's 420. Oh, because it's a stone in there right now. No, uh, Markinson's birthday is uh, 421. Oh. Uh, yeah, 421. Yeah. So he, probably, he missed it by waited. that. Missed it by that much. I bet you don't like that show either. Get Smart? Yeah. Yeah, it doesn't, it, doesn't, it doesn't hold up. Not your tempo? Oh, you know the woman in it? Who's uh, Barbara? Ba- no, who's the woman Belden. in it? Yeah, yeah. I bet she – I. You just, she, she made quite – well, <laughs> I was going to say she made quite an impression on me when I was a kid. Uh, yeah, that other doofus guy. What was it, Jerry Lewis? Who was in that? Don Adams. <laughs> right. I got really upset because my brother mixed up Don Adams and Tony Randall, and to me, that's ridiculous. Do we already have this conversation? I don't we know, but had every conversation. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, but what we haven't had is a Black Christmas opsis, and I'm ready for one now. Damn it! Black Christmas opsis. Some words on the screen are all, "Oh, to be a man." Why it's practically supernatural. Death to ingenues. Classic me sayings, volume uh, CXIX, Calvin Hawthorne. P.S. Attention all male students, after I'm dead, please put on robes and dance around while the dead eyes of my bust leak uh, black. Well, you'll see. Nothing to do with Christmas at all. But, uh, also, respect the cock, tame the cunt. Whoop, whoop. Some people we don't know are at a Christmas party. They're all, woo, yeah, tinsel. Hey, guys, let's call our blonde friend, Julie. But they forget. Meanwhile, Julie walks through some snow in a deserted part of town. She thinks she hears farting and turns around. Jaden? It is Jaden farting, but she keeps walking. Behind her, an out-of-focus extra peers at his phone and texts. <laughs> Julie's phone's all bleep. She's all, oh, 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 from Yip Yap. Hmm. What do pigs and sorority girls have in common? They've both got wooden legs. She keeps walking. The guy texting behind her keeps texting. Bleep! Uh, it's Santa Claus's favorite gear shift setting, Santa Cruz. Mm-hmm. Yip yap. Oh. Stalked by yip yap. She sighs irritably. Bleep! What's brunch? Beside me, Drew Barrymore yawns. Bleep! 
what Santa Claus likes to do with Reynolds rap. Chris Kringle, she screams and attacks the guy walking behind her with her car keys, even though she doesn't have a car. He doesn't notice or care that she's screaming in his face and walks off, still texting. Hey, dude, guess which Christmas movie I'm an extra in right now? <laughs> nope, not Richard Jewell. Hmm. I guess I imagine having a phone. <laughs> Suddenly a masked figure in a red robe stands in front of her doing nothing. She runs screaming, knocks on a door, runs back, trips over a snowman, then rings the doorbell. The mailbox has a robe on it, too. The door opens. Another robed killer stands there doing nothing. Julie screams and does snow angels, sobbing, till one of the many robed people stabs her. She dies and goes to heaven for her good behavior in this movie. Oh, thank God that's over. She rings the doorbell to heaven. The pearly gates swing open. Hi, God. Why are you wearing a robe? No. God stabs her. The next day, no one notices she's missing. Meanwhile, a new girl named Mildred farts awake. Her Jewish friend with glasses bursts in. Hey, see my diva comb? There it is. She picks up a comb, sticks it down her pants. According to Tom, that makes sense. Giggles excitedly, then runs out, farting between the comb tines. What's the cup for? I understand the comb, Tom. Kelly, what? I think it's a menstruation thing. Yeah, but they have a bush. Oh my god! Oh my god! I think I know a couple things about that area, Tom. You wouldn't Jesus. understand your theology projects. I can't. In the words of Dingus, I can't believe this is happening. I know. He was. He had a very low suspension of disbelief <laughs> when I opened my mouth. Anyway, so the Jewish girl runs out farting. Mildred shakes her head affectionately. Jews. Meanwhile, in a classroom. Hello, Master Luke. I am Professor Elwise. I cut my leg off in saw, and a Tuscan raider pulled my arm off off screen in a different saw. Welcome to women's trigonometry. Allow me to read you a quote from your textbook. Oh, watermelon, tastes so good, white man. Now, what was the author trying to say? Mildred. Uh, I didn't have my hand up, but uh, obviously <laughs> the man who wrote it is a fruit enthusiast. Oh, what made you think it was a man or a fruit? The classmates all laugh at her pointing. I'll have you know the author was a woman, a self-educated professor woman of agriculture named Bei Ling. And I must say, it's not easy finding such relevant quotes about trigonometry with you girls constantly trying to get me fired for my actions in the crush. A Silverstone did attack my girlfriend with bees. I remember important things, Tom. I may forget everything I learned in college. Although the class just started, Mildred walks outside, where her black friend stands on the steps shaking coins in a tin can at people. Give money to me to fire Carrie Elwes. Oh, hey, Mildred. Wait, have we met? Hey, you don't seem busy. Want to walk with me to Starbucks and watch me work all day? Their Latina friend walks up. I'm in. Oh, hi, Ladwina. And my other friend, ethnic friend, uh, Kiki. It's Tiki. All right. Well, here we all are, walking past snow together. Kelly's writing sure is evocative. Say, didn't we have another friend who went missing last night? I think that'd be a plot point by this screen time moment. Ladwina shrugs. TT just stares at her. They walk past a sign that says Hawthorne University. The coat of arms beneath it reads Ad Astra. <clears throat> That's for dingus. Later at Starbucks. 
man, fuck Professor Elwes and Christmas. Oh, Latwina, what's wrong with learning the classics? Ain't my classics, ho. Where's all the gay writers and the trans writers and the freckled writers? Well, it's not like this movie has any gay characters. A bully in a frat jersey walks in. Hey, Mildred, by the way, my friend Todd said he didn't rape you, slut. Uh, well, so if he didn't rape me, how does that make me a slut? Just shut up. I won this verbally. Dwight accidentally spills water on him. And Liquid Lee! He storms off crying across the street to hassle waitresses at another restaurant who also disastrously dated his friend. It's a long list. Meanwhile, that night in the university's dressing room, by the way, Julie's still missing. Maybe we should call the cops. But more importantly, who's going to take her place for the five-minute Christmas song we're about to sing on stage for the jock rapist fraternity? <laughs> hey, Mildred, you like to rewrite lyrics on the fly and dance without moving? <laughs> I don't know, guys. I heard Todd's going to be... Okay, I'll do it. Later on the stage... Shit, that guy I knew would be watching's watching. Fuck. Oh, I didn't plan my Christmas at all. Wait. I'm going to teach him to pay money to be entertained. <clears throat> Tis the season to get sexually assaulted by Todd. Fa la 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 In the row ahead of me, John Legend stands up and applauds. <laughs> All right. I couldn't sit on that forever. It's a long four months. The other guys in the crowd are all, Boo, rape's awesome. The girls and old women in the crowd are all, no, fuck Christmas. <laughs> Beside me, Lohan and Rachel McAdams yawn. The other girls on stage suddenly suspect the next lyrics that Mildred's about to improvise, and so they all join in. Todd tears off our gay apparel, fa la 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 <laughs> The frat boy at the back's all, this song isn't over yet. He runs out crying. While the girls store the box office to pay more money, and all the males who drove them to the event demand the money back. <laughs> Mildred wanders some dark hallways. In the building? Some paintings of 19th century men scowl disapprovingly down at her vagina. Hmm. I wonder what's behind this random door. She opens it and sees a bunch of robed young men kneeling in front of a marble bust with eyes weeping black snot. She's all, huh. I know, and shuts the door. Later outside, and they don't see her. Later outside, the skinny black person with glasses walks up to her. Hey, uh, I was in that other scene. What you did was incredible in there. I've never seen a girl walk down a dark hallway. My name's Langstrom Black Glasses. And I disapprove of sexual assault, except as verbal analogy by Spanish septuagenarians in documentaries about Dune. Uh, well, Kelly thinks my character's name is Mildred. Um, I, I want to date you, but... <laughs> She runs off sobbing. His expression's all, <laughs> The next morning, the Jewish girl walks into the sorority house. Oh, I lost my diva comb. Oh, and my cat. Here, kitty, kitty. Wah! <laughs> After saying wah, she waits patiently while a robed person stalks swiftly towards her from behind. Beside me. William Peter Blatty and George C. Scott and Jonesy all yawn. Later. A security guard squirts mayonnaise onto a ham sandwich. Officer, my Jewish friend's missing, and a blonde girl um, named Julie from someone named Yip Yap. Uh, also Christmas. 
Eh, they probably both went away with their uh, boyfriend. Yeah, I found nail scratches on the floor and blood all over someone's snowman, so... Actually, let's see, you're probably right. Eh, probably just kids. Look, three more acts pass and you don't get murdered. Come see. Problem solved. <laughs> hey, can you pass me that mild hot sauce packet? No, mild. Forget it. Later on a porch. Hmm, I wonder whose house this is I'm standing in front of. Suddenly, Carrie Elwes appears. Oh, gotcha! Why, Mildred, what are you doing here? Hi, Professor Elwes. Sorry I missed watermelon class this morning. He actually throws a bunch of papers on her. What the? Why is my name next to kill later with arrows? And why are the words <laughs> Jewish friend, looking for cat, also kill, we should? There, there, Mildred. Here, allow me. He reaches into some dirt, lifts up a key, then opens it, removes a small rock nestled inside. Gulp, I have to go. She runs off sobbing. Always watches her go. As you wish, pig. He goes inside, shuts the door, then goes to the window and peeks out at us through the blinds. That night, Latoyna, how did you film our Christmas song while you were on stage singing beside me? Now it's gone viral. Damn it. I didn't say that stuff on stage because I wanted people to hear it. <laughs> Whatever. Fuck you. Someone's boyfriend's all, hey, now that I think about it, I don't want <laughs> songs. He storms out. Kellen, wait. Damn. <laughs> Guys, I'm going to go up into the attic and grope around in the dark until um, I find some Christmas light. Wah! Meanwhile, guys, I think someone's trying to kill us. Come on, Mildred, don't be ridiculous. A robed person walks in and starts shooting arrows at them. <laughs> Ow! Oh, I thought you shot my toe off screen. Oh, with an arrow? Who wrote this? Fuck. <laughs> Quick, into this closet. Whew, cool, we did it. They'll never find us in here. Yeah, here we are in this closet. It's my plan. How's your toe doing, Kiki? Uh, I'm Laduina. Also, it's still off screen. Also, yeah. Right, well, don't worry. I'm going to go run around outside and hide behind stuff, so I don't think they saw us coming. <laughs> sure, it's fine. She walks out into the living room. The robed men all stare at her. The front door opens. Hey, it's me, uh, that boyfriend. Uh, I just realized I had no reason to come back here, and I wanted to let you guys know. <laughs> Suddenly, Mildred realizes she's standing under mistletoe next to the killer. What? Ah! The killer strangles her till she tricks him by stabbing him with a spoon. Now to unmask him. Yeah, <sighs> an extra. Huh. <laughs> Has this guy been in the movie? <laughs> Suddenly, another robed killer walks on screen. Latwina, quick! They run outside while the robed man struggles to knock an arrow while wearing his cumbersome mask and robe. <laughs> the girls steal someone's car and drive off giggling. Later, asshole! <laughs> Ingenue's rule! Boy, that was close. We gotta go to the cops. Latwina, no. The cops might arrest us for not being murdered. We don't know how high up this goes. I say we break into the enemy frat house without any weapons. <laughs> Don't look at me like that, Ladoina. I thought you were a fighter. She stops the car. Get out, Ladoina. I have a male black friend now, anyway. Ladoina gets out, frowning. Mildred sticks out her middle finger and drives off. Later, asshole, but call the cops if I go missing, actually. <laughs> Naked Arnold, wearing a Santa cap. <laughs> look, I painted my schlong like a candy cane. <laughs> 
Also, Jingle All the Way is a much more terrifying Christmas <laughs> film than this. It's a very scary black man named Sinbad the Sailor. I played the classic character Howard Winston, a salesman for a mattress company that they also make the drapes. I sell the dark fate, the dark drape. The plot of the movie, since you seem interested, Mr. Chick. As I also constantly disappoint my son Jamie after I miss his karate exposition. But Jamie says all he wants for Christmas is an action figure of television hero Turbo Man. I came up with that name. But it's Christmas Eve and I forgot, I think, it's the explanation. So every store is sold out of Turbo Man dolls, action doll. The doll for the boy. So I must travel all over town and compete with the black mailman to fire the Turbo Man. To make it to the Wintertainment Parade. I also read for the part of the Turbo Man doll, but they said that the paint fumes from my candy cane were giving all the reindeer diarrhea. Costner leans back. I doubt that's paint. Meanwhile, Mildred runs up and down the town single snowy street, screaming about robes, black goats, and ham sandwiches. Suddenly, Mildred, it's me, your bookish black love interest, Langstrom's. Langstrom's black glasses. You may remember me from Die Hard as the guy who got killed by the other black character, the limo driver, not Carl from uh, Girl in Pants. So many positive black role models in that film. Mildred, thank God. I mean Langstrom. I'm Mildred. Thank God. I am. Now what? (laughs) Don't worry, I got the perfect plan. Langstrom begins smashing stuff in the fraternity's <laughs> living room. Woo! <laughs> so the fraternity comes out and they stand around him in robes, scowling at him. <laughs> Marsden's all. Langstrom. We like that you destroy our stuff. Uh, become one of us. The statue's tears are black. Meanwhile, Mildred finds Chi Chi tied to a lamp. Kiki! Here, let me untie you. Oh, there. Okay, I've untied you. By the way, I'm a traitor. Kiki trips over something, so Mildred passes out. Mildred farts a Robed guys with tiki torches surround her. It's like a Trump rally. Hello, Mildred. As you can see, we all worship an old man's tar crying statue. <laughs> Classic male custom. Behold! They smear some of it on Langstrom's face. He's all, uh, I already said I'd join you. <laughs> Stop it. Vanderbeek's all, now bow, Mildred, bow to the statue and say MAGA or CAGA. Uh, no, this is the third dumbest cult I've ever been at. <laughs> Perhaps this will change your mind, Mildred. Elwes walks up to Kiki and breaks her neck. <laughs> now will you bow to the statue? Well, she betrayed me. I didn't really like her anymore anyway. I don't know why you thought that was going to change my mind. So no. Hmm, that's a good point. And suddenly, Ledwine and a bunch of extras burst in with crossbows. <laughs> Sisters attack! Woo! They start shooting each other off screen while the wood guys scream and cry and the statue's tears turn slightly blacker with panic. Toxic masculine panic. Mildred's all, this is for ruining my Christmas song. She accidentally drops the statue, which shatters on the carpet. The Dwina's all, hey, Professor, this is for giving me a B. 
She burns Carrie always alive. <laughs> does she know that he's the leader of the cult at that point? Or is she just angry? She's still mad at him. Now she doesn't have to deal with her uh, petition anymore. I guess he's wearing a robe. He wouldn't be doing that. But Langstrom's wearing a robe. Never mind. Ledwina and Mildred drag a reluctant Langstrom out and then seal the door <laughs> shut with an oar, listening to all the allies they brought burned to death inside. <laughs> I guess I misjudged you, Ledwina. I didn't know Deus Ex Machina was Filipina for something. <laughs> Beside me, Ridley Scott stands up and goes, Oh, black goo! Oh. <laughs> that's worth oh. oh, several films. <laughs> Mildred smiles affectionately at the flames. Finally, a Christmas she enjoyed. The end. Kelly, what I kind of feel bad for you for having to write... The, the stuff that happens at the end of this movie, that battle scene... Yeah. is the most random redi- like you yeah. couldn't that how could you not like it, who's that, that for I, and why is that there and what is that it is just so ineptly introduced and shot and it's just ridiculous i think even if you're kind of into the movie at this point which i can't imagine you would be no. but it just veers off into synopsis defying inanity at that point and i just or felt synopsis bad. embodying I mean, at its best, yeah. Like, this is the yeah. best kind of synopsis, but what do you do with that? Like, that's just... It writes it's, itself. That's the ugh. best part. All right, before that's we talk about right. the movie, Kelly, do you have an over and under? You might not have um, done that. My, oh, I just went with Christmas Slasher Fair, which was probably a dumb way to do it. But uh, my over is Silent Night, Deadly Night mm-hmm. from 1984, because there's a guy, part where um, the guy kills a, a girl with uh, reindeer antlers. Which mm-hmm. is more exciting to me than in this? I didn't feel any anything was Christmas themed enough. But there was too much going on. That's what, to be the problem with this film, Tom. Is it's supposed to be about a Christmas, a black Christmas. Christmas isn't black. It's about a patriarchy. It's about a college. It's about robes. It's about a bust. Oh, where's the Christmas people? Where? Well, then what's a Christmas slasher movie that's not as good as this? Reindeer Games, which might have been... <gasps> How dare you? I, know, I like Reindeer I know Reindeer you games. like it. It's the dumbest thing you like. Oh, I need to rewatch it again because it's Charlize Theron, right? Like early Charlize Theron. Isn't yeah, it? but yeah. Ben Affleck outsmarts her, and I can't abide that. And Gary Sinise is the bad guy. Come on. This, That's this... fine. He's good at it. But he's also not threatening. I don't like Ben Affleck movies where Ben Affleck's supposed to be smart. Yeah, I, I can imagine. Yeah, yeah, that would be a problem. Uh, all right, well, my over and under are... Uh, my Over is actually a really cool movie about fraternity culture uh, starring one of the Jonas Brothers, actually. And I don't I don't know uh-huh. a Jonas Brother from um, a, a I don't hardy boy. I don't this, but go on. Yeah, well, you don't? I, I don't. Like uh, Nick – I don't even know his name. And I, I, I know that we saw him in one in that Jumanji movie. Uh, but one of the Jonas Brothers is in a movie called Goat. Uh, and he's not even the lead actor. The, uh, the lead actor is, I think – Ben, I can't, Schnetzer, he was in, uh, he, he was the cleric in the Warcraft movie, or maybe the sorcerer. Um, ben Foster. No, 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 he, he was, uh, maybe he was a thief, I forget what he was in the party, but at any rate. The Mexican uh, guy? He does look vaguely, he could pass for like a Hispanic fella. Um, um, I think his name is Schnecker though. I mean, I think, 
from Dorne. Oh, oh, right, right, your Game of Thrones reference. Yeah, he could be a Dorne person. Um, but uh, Goat is a movie that is way better than this. It's a really cool look at fraternity culture and the repercussions of a, of, a, of assault. Um, and it's it's made by a director who did a really cool movie called King Kelly about sex cam workers. Uh, and I really like Goat a lot. A movie that is worse than this... Actually, I wouldn't say it's worse than this because this movie's better than this, but... The satire in Black Christmas, I just thought, was so heavy-handed. It, it was what? Labored. It was, it was labored and sim- simultaneously over the top. Like, it was leaden and over the top. It was just it, it, it was just horrible satire. So, a movie where I like the satire even less, because at least this movie, I'm sympathetic to what I think they're satirizing, to what they're getting at. Uh, and I think there's some really relevant, cool stuff that should have been in this movie, but it was too clumsy to express. This other movie, which I'm going to put as my under, the satire in this, I have no idea what it was doing. And I am not the least bit sympathetic to what I think they were kind of making fun of. I think it's misplaced. I think it's also leaden and over the top. Uh, however, I love the lead actress in a movie called The Hunt. But as a satire, <laughs> as a satire this is way worse than Black Christmas. Um, oh, I really want to see that. I, I mean, saw something else with her. What did you see with her? It's well, glow. horror movie. Yeah, but I saw another horror movie with her in it. Oh, what horror movie is she in? Something that came out recently that I also wanted your opinion of called uh, The Grudge that I thought you... Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. But she, the, that Grudge remake is... Like, yeah. nobody in that stands out. Like, that doesn't do... No. That doesn't do any good for anybody or anything. That That's no. just... It makes no sense. Yeah, it's... They didn't understand what made the grudge scary. Exactly, they exactly. They didn't understand her powers. Yeah. Or what, like dread, the whole idea of dread as opposed to dread. So it reminded me of the Thing remake where they, it's like, yep, yep. you're not supposed to be hiding from the Thing in a room. That's you know what? What's the whole point of the movie? You know what I watched after that Jesus. Kelly Wand, and I kind of appreciate because I think at least this movie understands how to play with the mythology. Uh, is that latest Ring movie? Um, the one I think it's called. Playing? rings yeah yeah it opens with the one on the plane it doesn't do much with that conceit but what it does play with i think is kind of cool uh it's this idea that 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 a guy at a university wants to study this phenomenon so he sets up he sets up rotating groups of people to pass along the curse so that he can study it and that's kind of a cool idea the movie's not that great but at least it understands stuff about its subject matter and what it's playing with the grudge remake just i you're right. It just doesn't understand what made the grudge good. Um, so uh, forgot about that subplot. That is interesting. In 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 rings. Well, remember in uh, that book Hex, where the army knows about. Right, it, so right, right. Bitch. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Right. It's like, like the, what that it, the Blair Witch is known by the military. And right. The, they have like a whole procedure. Like, yeah, just don't, don't do this. Don't do this. Don't do this with her. Like we've learned. Because normally in a movie like that, like you have to have a reason that the authorities either don't know about it or deny it or won't look into it or nobody believes it. But in something like like Rings or that (laughs) that that book that hex book you're talking about, they're totally in on it and they're you know they're doing what they can to manage it. Like the police know, the military knows. This is this is all that they can do. This is the best that they can do to handle it. I love that. Yeah. Like Cabin in the Woods. Like I like that. The emphasis in that was more on like oh like all the horrors are maintained by the white this like agency but like hex and and rings 
like the emphasis is on that particular creature right right i i'm thinking now i wish i could remember the name of it there's a, a movie and it's like a no budget uh little indie horror film and it's it's got heart it's not very good though but the idea is that it's uh it's an agency uh, like a federal agency that when old ones like lovecraftian gods come to earth they imprison the old ones in people's bodies and then and then send them away into another dimension and it's basically the immigration processing center for banishing old ones uh. and it's like a government installation and it's got like magic hexes on it so that uh the conceit in the movie is that the magic hexes stop all combustion so that guns don't work and what that means is that when the cultists invade to liberate one of the gods that they're they're imprisoning they have to have hand-to-hand fights. <laughs> like nobody, they can they can have no gunfights because for whatever. What about that, arrows? Uh, nobody brings a bow and arrow, but you would think. I don't think it really is Kelly. It's just a bunch or of people. That no country for old men, cattle. You would think, right? Right, exactly. But it's it's just an excuse for obviously some of the people who made the movie were uh were like stuntmen or, or you know fight choreographers, so they wanted to make it like a fight combat movie as well. I wish I could remember the name of it because it had some cool stuff in it. Um, uh. But so let's get that. So Black Christmas, real quick. Um, <laughs> yeah, I was gonna. That's a better over under, like concept is like satire that worked or that didn't ruin the movie because i thought it ruined black christmas well I mean, it was so pandering too like yeah. it, it was it was just so you know i i think i mentioned before uh the charlie's angels movie was terrible that way too is it just felt yeah. like just really just heavy-handed pandering to this kind of me too feminist cause which i am completely sympathetic to and i love too, seeing yeah. movies that express that well but when it's just this kind of like it, it and you know what expresses it well? What? Always shine. Oh, ex- okay. So yeah, so Sophia Tikal, and it's the reason I was excited about this movie. Her first movie, and I think it's it was previously I think her only movie. She was an actress. Uh, is Always Shine. Shoot, what was the name of the woman who's not Mackenzie Davis from Succession? I meant to look up uh, her name. I'll find it. Yeah, she find really it. Good, but she snowballs Tom. They're both. <laughs> <laughs> Spoiler alert. <laughs> That's it. People who haven't seen a sen- uh, Succession are going to have no idea what you're talking about. I'm mad and people, for not watching it. Right, but people who have seen Succession are really going to appreciate that reference. <laughs> Caitlin Fitzgerald. Caitlin yeah. Fitzgerald, yes. So Always Shine is, I think, a brilliant subversive horror movie that demonstrates that Sophia Tikal gets a woman's perspective, obviously, but she knows how to express it in a non-pandering way. In a way, like, Always Shine, Kelly Wand, reminded me of The Witch. In that, Mm -hmm. The Witch is a horror movie that if you're... It's about how this religious family is terrorized, how what's happening to them is so much more horrific because they're religious. Yeah, their worst fears. Exactly, their worst fears. Now, I'm not a religious person, but I love how that movie showed me the horror that they experience and yeah. made me share that. Always Shine is about 
the the anxiety and the stress that women are subjected to by the expectations on them to be like like women uh, to be there's even this great epigraph that opens the movie that says something along the lines and it's from some book about like poise and manners but there's an epigraph that says something like it's a woman's birthright to be as beautiful as flowers on a table or it's, uh, it's, and 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 so Sophia Tikal made a really cool accessible brilliantly acted and shrewdly written movie about the anxiety that women feel about that Mm -hmm. that I'm not a woman and I don't understand that kind of pressure but I could completely understand the characters in this movie Uh, and that was partly what what made it brilliant is it was from it was very much about something that women experience that women feel and it didn't alienate me like it it made me understand like I loved that movie something that was really fascinating to me as a plot point in it and mm-hmm. I wanted to get your read on it, is uh, they go to the bar together, mm-hmm. and the guy that Mackenzie Davis wants right. hits on Caitlin Fitzgerald. Caitlin, Caitlin right. Fitzgerald. Right. And Caitlin Fitzgerald, in front of Mackenzie Davis, gives him whatever, and she has a boyfriend, too. That she's really, like, they seemingly have a really good relationship, but she gets this guy, she gives this guy her, her number, too. Well, a she doesn't. I don't think she knows that Mackenzie Davis has seen her at that point. Like I think she uh, does it not realizing, because that's the thing too. Is she's there's also, and 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 that's partly what what the movie evolves into is this sense of competition that I think women right. sometimes feel with each other. Yeah, that yeah. we as dudes, I mean, you know, we yeah, might be at a party and we're both into the same chick, and maybe you end up with whatever. But that's something that is apparently. In this movie, it sort of highlights how that's a unique tension between women sometimes. Yeah, I didn't think they did that, so that was very revealing to me. And and it was also like showing, too, from Caitlin Fitzgerald's character's perspective, the kind of shame and reluctance she felt yeah. for taking the guy's number when she yeah. knew that her friend was into the guy and how she was kind of in the scene trying to sit back and let Mackenzie Davis basically have the floor and – sort of perform for this guy to try to attract him um and and yeah it's it's a character development beat when she says okay you know i'll take his number and you're right she's got a boyfriend back home um but i you know the that's part of what's fascinating too about always shine is that you know the the characters are flawed they're human oh yeah, Um, yeah and i you know i think the third act of the movie there's just so much to talk about and interpret and wonder you know what what is Sophia to call saying and why is she making the movie do this? Uh, but yeah, yeah. So I never would have guessed there was not a single thing and you know, maybe one thing, but there's not a single thing in black Christmas that <laughs> makes me think, yeah, this is the woman who wrote and directed. Actually, she didn't write it. Uh, the guy who plays the sort of the derpy, um, a big sir hippie guy that she takes up with that is actually Sophia Tikal's a uh, partner in real life he's the guy who wrote that movie and Sophia Tikal directed it um but he didn't write black christmas he did not write black christmas Sophia Tikal wrote black christmas with a, a woman who's never done a script before named April Wolf um see what happens i mean i think you're right Kelly one i mean i think it's a matter of but stand but by thing, your man <laughs> well, well no no because i you know always shine is also just very well directed yeah. Like it's not just the script. Those they work opening well they, they work amazingly together. Those opening monologues, the contrast between Caitlin Fitzgerald at an audition for a crappy horror movie and then Mackenzie Davis 
talking, dealing with some jackass trying to rip her off at the mechanics. Yeah. Like, the, the way that she parallels those two scenes and yeah. shoots them and contrasts and compares them, like, that's just a fascinating bit of insight into how women are exploited. Mm-hmm. Um, and and how they this, react. Exactly, exactly. How they react, exactly. It's their characters. And the whole and the res- the different responses they get, mm-hmm. you know, the guys at the audition sort of saying, "Oh, that's cute, sweetheart. No, you don't have to take your clothes off." Versus the mechanic, like, "Well, I might have given you a break if you were more ladylike." Like, yeah. just that bullshit that women have to deal with yeah. is just infuriating. Watching those scenes and what Sophia Tocall does as a director is she never leaves the actress's face. No, no. They're just a single take on the actress's face, looking into the camera, um, which. In the audition scene is exactly how an audition would be shot, yeah. but in the scene where Mackenzie Davis is talking to the mechanic, like it's just showing, you know, this is a woman having to perform in front of a man. You know, this is the kind of scrutiny that women have to deal with. These are the kinds of reactions they have to deal and with. And it's also conveying their money problems, which are also which also hinder right. relationships with men. Exactly, exactly. Like audition. How, yeah, how does a woman make a living in the in, in a man's world? Right, exactly. Yeah. We'll make yeah. you look good. Yeah. So I was, she doesn't get credit for that. She doesn't get credit for looking good. Well, they'll they'll make her look good. Right, right, right. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, so I would classic say classic us, Tom. Classic us. Yeah. Uh, I wish Always Shine like more people knew it. Uh, I I just think it's a brilliant piece of filmmaking, and we're I'm just show, we're leading them to it in theory. Yeah. See, Always Listen Shine. They might see it. But the thing is, like, what, like Black Christmas obviously didn't do well. Uh, What's Sophia Tikal going to do now? Like, I, I want. Know. They always take the wrong lessons too. They'll go, "Oh, right. see, this is what happens when you don't have your boyfriend, right?" Or I mean, like I, I, like I said as a joke, like they would go, oh, yeah. "Right." Well, I mean, that's the thing is, does or does her partner like? Is he still writing? I actually don't know. Like, I don't know what's happened, if or if they've got other projects going. But I want Sophia Tikal, the woman who did Always Shine, to do more stuff. Like whatever this dross was, this Black Christmas silliness, and I think wasn't it a black? Yeah, it was. Was it a Blumhouse movie? I bet uh, it was. I think so. Yeah. I mean, it's just it's just crappy product. I just wanted to move on from this and just do more creatively expressive stuff like Always Shine. Uh, this was just... So I was going to say, there's one thing in Black Christmas that I thought, okay, that's kind of like, uh, like chilling and gross and it's really creeping me out and whoever thought of it deserves credit because it, does, it belongs in a better movie. And that's where the robed guy attacks Imogen Poots and slices open her cheeks and then uses blood to mimic blush makeup. Like, that was both... Uh, that's good. Like, it was, like, really creepy, like the feeling of having happened. your face cut. It just, yeah. Well, they don't really do anything with it. I mean, it's it's a moment, but it doesn't really go anywhere, and Imogen Poots has... But to think, too, like, like she's scarred for, for life. You know, yeah. you... I mean, that's just a really dire, dark thing to happen in the movie, and it's specifically something you would do to attack a woman. Um, yeah. And it's just a, it's a really chilling moment. And we'll make it, you look good. Exactly, Kelly Wand, exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this is how you need to look for men, and if it involves marking you, permanently scarring you for life so that you look the way that I think you should look for men – this is yeah, like in a way that's worse than in a stupid slasher movie. Stupid slasher movies where women just get killed and they're just fodder, and the the movies are yeah. generally trash anyway. But that kind of like that kind of uh, societally motivated scarring, like that's really just weird and disconcerting. Uh, yeah, that was it's Christmas. I don't still don't get the Christmas part. <laughs> well, that too Everybody. is also where I mean, where then the killer looks up and they're under uh, mistletoe. 
Like, it, yeah, but... it's just, yeah, yeah. I mean, you are not, right. It's not like the cult's Christmas themed. Well, here's the whole deal. So this was, do you know the original Black Christmas? No, but I was just thinking Wicker Man should have been my over because that's a better like. Ah, right. Like pagan worship. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or it's more interesting. So the original Black Christmas, it's from 1974. So it predated yeah. the Halloween, the Friday the 13th. It uh, is kind of Not thought Texas of as. Chainsaw. When was Texas Chainsaw? 74. Ah. So it was a. I wonder who came out first. Well, they obviously were probably shot simultaneously, but. Uh... I would assume Chainsaw came out first, otherwise we'd be going, oh, remember the. Black Christmas Revolution? The... Well, I think the problem with Black Christmas is, uh, like, Toby Hooper just kept working. The guy who did Black Christmas, I think, went it's on Christmas to do theme. TV movies or whatever. But but also, so Black Christmas is famous for having the first – am I misremembering this? I mean, Chainsaw the... might not have been a hit instantly. It was one of those, like, mid – like, night of right. the kind of – Right, right, right. But that, this wasn't either. Like, the original Black Christmas wasn't either. But I right. think – and actually might be – if I'm wrong – Everyone ignore what I'm about to say, but I think Black Christmas is famous for being the first slasher movie that has uh, the first movie that has a POV from the slasher's perspective. Oh, we talked about this. Yeah, um, it's also got like, yeah, go, it's also got like uh, Margot Kidder and Andrea Martin. Like it's it's a weird cast where you recognize some of the people. Uh, who's the the crazy like? So there's a character actress who's playing like the house mom. But I think what they're getting at is they want it to take place in a sorority house when the campus is empty. So oh, that's yeah. – therefore, it's Christmas. It's summer. Um, uh, oh, yeah, yeah. Then it's too much TNA. <laughs> their theme. Well, I think that was Sean I don't know, Cunningham. Like Christmas is a – here's the thing. Christmas isn't yeah. like – well, maybe it is. I didn't really think about it. But maybe it is. I was going to say, is Christmas an inherently patriarchal holiday to where it's like – see, it all ties into one thing. Like the hunt is about – Second Amendment. I'm assuming. I haven't seen it, but I'm assuming it all is sort of connected a little bit more. Uh, the hunt is making fun of. Guns. Uh, pardon? But where isn't it? The libs are the yeah antagonists. Yeah. Right. yeah. The the hunt inverts. Uh, I I think the legitimate satire that should be made right now. And the thing right. is, it does it poorly. And I know that Craig Zobel. I mean, he's the guy that did uh, Z for Zachariah. He did Compliance. It's a reverse purge. Yes, it's a it's a clumsy reverse purge, and it doesn't really do anything meaningful with the reversal except make cheap, really bad jokes. Um, but but Gilpin, and and she salvages it. By the way, the the hunt is a fascinating movie because of Betty Gilpin's character and the Who's way she talks. Like, or hers or Barbara Feldman's. Oh, uh, Betty Gil Betty Gilpin's like Southern drawl. Uh, like I, I was talking to a friend of mine. I could listen to Betty Gilpin on a loop. She's got a couple of moments in the hunt where she says something like, <laughs> "Like, lady, you done fucked up." Oh, like, she's I, southern in it. Oh my god, she's so southern. She's on glow. She's, she's like a parody of a southern. Girl. Oh, she is so white trash in the hunt, and it is just freaking adorable. I could just listen to that over and over it again. It sounds really good. And they cheesecake her up too, like with her midriff. And I don't, I don't, I don't recall her being super busty, but they make her look super busty in the hunt. Um, she's she's a lot of fun. Um, but yeah, all the satire stuff in that is just. You got me to like purge movies, so I'm sure I'll like the hunt. The the thing is, yeah, like I I don't like the hunt the movie, but I loved watching Betty Gilpin in this. That's enough. Yeah, exactly. And there's some there's some cool enough. A long quarantine. I'm watching worse things in the hunt. Well, yeah. So okay. So what have you seen lately, Kelly Wan? What's the thing that you said that you thought I? Oh, the grudge. Oh, oh, right, right. No, yeah, I didn't mean to tell you to watch that. 
Yeah, I might have just mentioned that she was in it. I was uh, really surprised by how much it wasn't good. You know but what? You I know can... what else? Okay, you yep. told me to. Okay, tell okay. Me if I may, if I dream this baked. Okay. Did you tell me the Poltergeist remake was good? No. Okay. No. All right. But it's that funny. Oh, who's the chick in it? It's Sam Rockwell and a, a woman of substance. Who's the other actress? Dagnabbit. Felicity Day. No. No. Oh, who, who plays the mother? You didn't watch it then. No, I see. I just don't remember it. Shoot. Who? Well, they got actual actors for it, but no, it's it's not it's not any good. Um. It's just got good actors, uh, which is better than most crappy like horror movies. So Kelly Wan, Rosemary Dewitt. Oh, of course, right, right. She's awesome, right? Your sister's sister, sister. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So that's the thing is, is you watch it though to enjoy them because that's the is they they try. Maybe it's a catfish of the original. <laughs> I very well put. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> All right, I'm sorry. I keep darting around. You're asking somber questions. No, so I want to tell you about stuff that I've watched. Oh, yeah, 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 okay. Uh, So I got on a Blake Lively kick. I'm listening. Um, I really like... Age of Adeline, I'm sure. So that's the thing, is I think that Age of Adeline, and specifically her scenes with Ellen Burstyn, have basically inflated my Blake Lively expectations for life, and she will never be able to meet them. I mean, I I love her, and she's fascinating, and she's beautiful, and good lord, she's just so trim in the shallows that I don't care that the movie's dumb. Um, But so (laughs) I I watched um, A Simple Favor, which is kind of like a con man height, not a height, it's like a con man people tricking each other movie with her and Anna Kendrick. And it's directed, yeah. it's directed by Paul Fague, the guy who did uh, Bridesmaids, and it's terrible. Yeah. And part is she, of the, is she, uh, is she like Anne Hathaway in Hustler or The Hustle or whatever? Well, it was? the problem, um, the like problem she's is too, the wrong kind of hot for what she's supposed to be. No, no, she's great. She's great. No, no, no. Blake Lively is perfectly cast in it, but the problem is there's not enough of her, and it's too much Anna Kendrick. Like watching. Wow, I never thought I'd hear you say those words. I know. I never thought I would say them, but there's not enough of the two of them together. Like something happens early in the movie where they don't have much screen time together anymore, and Uh, the rest of the movie is just Anna Kendrick playing like all comedic cutesy, which. I don't have a lot of patience for. I mean, she's fine, but... It, it, I liked her Mike and Dave wedding day. Right, right, exactly, because she was with Aubrey Plaza, Audrey right? Aubrey Plaza, yeah. Yeah, but just Anna Kendrick alone doing her I'm cute little awkward Anna Kendrick nerdy girl, I don't think it can sustain... It's a full two-hour movie, too. I just don't think it sustains the movie. So, in order to then check... Okay, I, there's another Blake Lively movie i got to check out. There's a movie called The Rhythm Section. Do you know what this is? <laughs> No. It sounds terrible because it sounds like it's going to be about like a music school. So let me up your alley. No. <laughs> so he, the Kendricks. Here's what the rhythm section is. I want you to imagine that Blake Lively is going to go on a revenge spree to avenge her murdered family who were killed by terrorists. But she's Blake Lively, so she doesn't know how to do revenge stuff. Uh, so, who does she get to train her? Gerard. Close. Jude Law as a hermit living in the highlands of Scotland. 
Oh, like Highlander. <laughs> kind of. Culinary. But but like as a political thriller revenge movie. And it is so dumb and implausible, but Blake Lively is so much fun in it. There's just so much Blake Lively. So uh, it's like Remo Williams. Yes, like Kelly Wand. Wand. Oh my god, you've hit it. It's exactly – it's a modern-day Remo Williams, The Adventure Begins, but instead of Fred Irish. Ward and Joel Gray, you yeah. get Blake Lively and Jude Law. Yeah, yeah. And uh, it's got – like the woman who did it, uh, the director who did it, like oddly – there's really solid action scenes in it, and there's a great car chase in it. Um, <laughs> so – I don't rhythm, know, dude. Why are you saying I don't know? I'm not as indoor as you are, Blake Lively. She's too pointy. Pointy. Mm. Yeah, she's pointy. It's all pointy. That's, like that's a, bunch, a fair point. All elbows. Face you know what? That, elbows. That's a very fair point. There's a there's a uh, like. I like she, her as a friend. <laughs> it's good to have a hot girl you'd say no to. Right. Yeah. Fuck you, Barb Streisand. <laughs> she's probably not a hot girl, but like well, Julia Roberts, I would. I'm not that. Well, the thing is, like, I don't, like, lust after Blake Lively, like, the reason, the, yeah, the way that I do, not the way I do, like, Angie Trow, that chick from Pandemonium and Seventh Son, like, I can't watch that, or, 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 uh, ZZ Beats, like, I, there's some beautiful actresses I can't watch without just feeling like a pervert, but Blake Lively, I could just be her friend, and I know, when I talk about her in the shallows, I'm really marveling at how fit she is not necessarily like how hot she is it's just like she's really trim and she's got this beautiful surfer's body and i don't say that with like lust or any lasciviousness it's just an observation that i can appreciate you know the same way kelly wand that i might appreciate um you know josh brolin's abs <laughs> i don't know that's or uh, strictly platonic dingus <laughs> approved of uh spencer clark treats body his, his hot body exactly in right. class <laughs> yeah. no there's no shame in it top the bail four of is very uh symmetrical <laughs> but blake lively i'm with you though triangular like i think she's kind you of like the pointy no 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 i think she's kind of a generic beautiful gold like she's a generic california golden girl like that's kind of her, but, but I also think that she's a really good actress in certain situations, and with Ellen Burstyn in Age of Adeline, that's Ellen one Burstyn's of those amazing. situations. I know. Like, 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 make movies I don't want to see. Yeah, like, I can understand. Like Green that. Lantern, I'm not, I don't want to see it. But why don't you want to see like a spy movie where she's like being trained by Jude Law to kill terrorists? What's it called? The Rhythm Section. Yeah. So the dumb. Th- it's from a novel, and the dumb thing is when you. <laughs> I think that's what's holding me back. Here's the problem. Okay, let me explain to you why it's called that because it's super dumb. When he's teaching her how to shoot a gun, he says to her, okay, look, you have to – don't hold your breath. Breathe. The, the, your, uh, your lungs are the drums. Your heart is the rhythm section. Uh, it's how he teaches her to shoot a gun. Wait, what are your lungs? They're the, the bass, I think. Uh, and then the uh, – the, Your heart should be the drums. Eh, I forget what the rhythm maybe, section should be the lungs. Well, the rhythm section would be the bass and the drums. Like so, your all your bodies are the triangle. <laughs> your brain is the trombone. Your spleen is the <laughs> cymbals. Uh, what about brain did you Kelly Kazoo is the sphincter? Uh, I don't even want to know. Yeah, I knew you were going there. Uh, did you watch Underwater? Oh, I keep uh, surfing past it. <laughs> uh, there's as a movie you, as surfers do. When they're above underwater. Right, right, right. Well, you know, you could do work. Here's what made me reappreciate even more. I forgot why why you wanted me to see it. I couldn't remember. Um, And everyone in the forums was like, 
the fuck you like underwater for? Remember? I think like I want a, you to I'll... see it because there's a. Uh... This is another. It comes at night, is there? Well, no, no. It's because it's because most horror movies like this are so terrible. Here's why I want you to see it, Kelly Wand. Because this I is watched... another Interstellar, is it? Situation. Good lord, no, no. Interstellar is a serious movie. Underwater, not a serious movie. It's a, it's a, it's a dopey underwater adventure horror movie. Okay. But here's why I want it's you to like see it. Side. Not, not. It doesn't. It's. It doesn't aspire to that level of greatness. I see. I see. But what it does do, there was another underwater adventure horror movie that just came out called Sea Fever. And Sea Fever is about Dugray Scott and Connie Nielsen. This is an Irish movie. They're fishermen, and they're on a fishing boat with a, a plucky crew of, of, of uh, young actors who are their, their crew. And a, a young woman who I've actually seen in other horror movies named uh, – I think her name's like Hermione Corfield or something like that. Oh. Do you know who she is? Yeah. Oh, redheaded shit? How do you know who she is? She's redheaded in it. What's this called again? Oh my, uh, Sea Fever. She's redheaded, and I, I actually I didn't she was know. Using Triple X with Vin Diesel. Right, 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 right. Yeah. Well, she was she's in Mission Impossible. She's in barely anything. She looks incredible. She's the lead actor in Sea Fever. Sea Fever is all uh-huh. her because this Dugray Scott Connie Nielsen fishing boat. She signs on uh-huh. to do a study of the fish of their fish catch. For uh, like she studies patterns and aberrations in in uh, patterns. So, but what happens is their their boat is. That's out. how I study her. Well, it, okay, you should see a movie called uh, Rust Creek. Do you know about this? No. Where she takes up with a meth dealer. <laughs> it's no. really it's a really stupid like kind of uh, backwoods killers horror movie. Uh, but there's a really cute part there's an inadvertently cool relationship in the middle of this really dumb horror movie uh rust uh, creek i think is what it's called but so in sea fever she her, likes horror her red hair is everywhere she's in a full-blown like seriously hardcore irish accent uh oh, she signs right. on to this fishing boat and strange things happen on this fishing boat kelly Wong. wow and these strange things involve they may or may High not involve a monster or like an infection or just terrible things that could happen at sea. So, Wait. just to clarify the three things you just lumped together: a monster, an infection, right? and terrible things that can happen at sea. They all be in the movie Sea Fever. Correct. All right, but As it could fact, be any two. Of you know what, Kelly Wand? All of those are in Sea Fever. Wait, Spoiler. can you add two more to that list? Um, superstition. Uh-huh. And exploding eyeballs. What? <laughs> oh, uh, and also a woman be at Carfield. Uh, there's a woman named uh, Oh shoot, her name is something like Owen Fourier. Like it's a, it's like a, it looks like a Welsh name. She's this very severe-faced older woman who uh-huh. was in the Survivalist. She's like Mia Goth's partner. Oh uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, she's got this just really striking face. What else did we see her in recently? Uh. Oh, Oh, Mandy. She was in Mandy. She was one of the crazy cultists in Mandy. But anyway, she's also on this tugboat, on this fishing boat in Sea Fever. So so at any rate, here's just real quick where I was going with all this. Sea Fever is terrible, and it completely – it gets worse and worse as as it's going, and the ending is one of the dumbest things you will ever see. Whereas underwater – Okay, fine, it's dumb, but it doesn't get dumber as it goes along. It, in fact, gets kind of cooler as it goes along, and it has a really gratifying finale waiting for you.
So, so there. watch Sea Fever in reverse. <laughs> exactly, watch right. Watch Underwater correctly. Correct. You got it, Kelly. Uh, I'm just looking at Sea Fever stills. It seems like it looks too cold for a Hermione Corfield joint. Well, they're not going to be no, all it can be for me. Everyone's going to be wearing a lot of baggy clothes and sweaters. and Yeah. 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 I like the red, though. So there is the, her red hair is actually a plot point. Not like you're thinking. <laughs> Wait, so that's six things you just described. Not like you're thinking, Kelly One. Of them was <laughs> what is it like a shortcuts plot point? You'll see. No, see, I knew that's what you were thinking. Ah, ruining everything. <laughs> All right, before we go, Kelly One, is there anything else that you've watched recently? Not movies. Should no. I? Um. No, I mean, I'm, you check I'm, out Jojo Rabbit. There's only one no, reason why I can see it. No. It's not worth. I mean, I will. I will. It's on my list. You want me to tell you who's in it? No. That's the only fun no, part about it. No. Right. No, I've been made to want to watch it. I just haven't gotten around to it. What should be my next film? Well, did you see the platform? Did I tell you about that? That Spanish horror movie? No. Oh, you are ever... you serious? What's it called? Oh. The platform. <clears throat> Sorry, I coughed in the mic. You, did, you definitely uh, didn't mention the platform. No, it's uh, the platform is – it reminds me a little bit, and I even looked up to see if it was Isaac Asbon who did a, a movie that we like called uh, The – shoot, not The Happening. What's the name of it? Oh, uh, Paradise. No, no. It's like El Happening, it's, except it's El in Spanish. Incidente. El Incidente, right, right. Uh, it's very much like El Incidente. El Happening is what that means. <laughs> that is Spanish for – yeah. According to Mel Gibson. All right, what? But it's very much like it's like a you know like a Bore short story, uh like it's 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 this weird it, it's like um um cube kind of, oh, just like Borges cube you mean? Um, or Victor no shoot who's the cube guy, who did tall uh the thing in the how tall many cube guys? movies have you seen? One all of them. What are you are you crazy? I've seen all how of them. How many are there? How many? Uh, at least three, but they do a thing where one of them becomes cube zero. Uh, like Final Destination. Yeah, yeah. There might only be three, and they get so much worse and worse and worse and worse. Alien Covenant's Alien Zero in several ways. You're right. Yeah, it's got yeah. zero aliens in it. Platform. It's got aliens. Really... It just doesn't have xenomorphs. The aliens we know and love. Yeah. I heard Joe Biden doesn't know what xenomorph means, according to the president. I do not understand that reference, and I tend to think that I have my finger on the pulse of politics. It's not worth pursuing, Tom. All right. This is about films. All right. Like the like films like the plot form. So that's the El Incidente guy. I no, mean, no, it's not. It's not, but it's very uh, much like El Incidente. Like it has. It's just really like there are things in it that are like really gross and uncomfortable in yeah. a way that an American movie wouldn't I do know. it. Yeah. That's the thing. We can't. Like Midsummer was a good over for right. uh, um, Black Christmas. Like there's Ex- about ladies. Yep, and and something and uh, patriarchies and cults and yeah, yeah and and fraternities. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, but the plot form after a Terados, I, I find the Latin oh, American right. horror scene my favorite. Yeah, that's that's where all the action is now. Yeah. Well, I think the platform belongs there, and I don't know if it's Latin America. It might be actually Spain. I'm not sure where it was actually shot. Is it three words? The platform. Oh, do you really? No, it's called the platform, like something you stand on. I thought you were making fun of me. No. It's the platform. 
Like, like say, quit looking no, things I'm up not. in his interest. Don't read anything about it. Don't read I'm, it. Just I'm tr- bummed that that's not the real title. <laughs> Trust me, it's a Kelly Wand movie if ever there was one. The platform. You will know. Don't even look at, at a picture for it. Just just find what's available. Hit play. You will know it, it, is, it is for you. What ethnicity is it? What is what? What? Who's what ethnicity is the director? Oh, he's uh, well, it's a Spanish name, but I don't know if he's Latin American or actually Spanish, like Iberian Peninsula Spanish, like Anna de Armas Spanish, or like um, <laughs> or like um, Speedy Gonzalez. <laughs> he's not Spanish. Speedy Gonzalez is, I think, Mexican. I believe he's yeah. a Mexican mouse. He ran away from Spain. Like Guillermo del Toro. Like he's, he's Mexican, right? Uh, Versus Pedro Almodovar, who is Spanish. Huh. Yeah. Interesting. So there you go. So, so over here you got your Banderas. Kelly Wand, should we... you got your Cheech Merritt. If we were to do another podcast in the next couple of weeks or so, what movie should it be about? Oh, that's a good question. The thing What's is... What's coming like, out? I know, coming right? Out. Like we can't really look... At, oh, I know. There is a let's do this if you're listening this long if you've stayed with us and you're still here in the next couple of weeks we're going to watch and then do a podcast about a movie called Extraction (laughs) do you know what this is? no good okay yeah good good so we're going to watch this there will be a synopsis we'll do a podcast about it it's on Netflix I think on the 24th I don't know if it's going to be good or awful I just have it marked here on my calendar all right. So join extraction. Us. Extraction. Netflix. Not the thing with Jason Bateman about the juice factory. That's what I was thinking. Yeah, not that one. Who's the woman in that? Oh, Mila Kunis is in that, right? Yeah. I recall her being kind of fun in that. Yeah. Kirsten Wiggs. Uh, Kirsten Ooh. Wig. Right. Oh, Doesn't he have an affair with her? Yeah. Kirsten Wiggs. No, he's Dunst. his wife, and he has the affair with Mila. Ah, well, okay, yeah. I think that's that makes more sense. Affleck's right. in it as a stoner. Ew. All right. It's a lot of problems. All right. I'm glad we so, talked about it. Uh, I think there's. <laughs> don't I think, watch that. Yeah, Got don't it. watch that. Watch don't the. Watch I think what I'm talking about for ten minutes. Got I think it. this is a Hemsworth movie. I could be mistaken. Uh, oh wait, there was a movie on uh, something called The Encounter. I was going to ask you if I should watch with a Hemsworth in it. The Encounter. Yeah. I feel like I should know what that is. What it's kind like of movie horror. is it? I think it's horror or something. The fiction. Encounter. Yeah, with Luke Hemsworth. The uh, Stephen Baldwin of the Hemsworths. Dark Encounter? No. No. God. <laughs> That's the what plot, I... Be... The plot form. What the year? Plot. There's a 2010 Encounter. It's on Amazon. No, 2011. The, no, is it L Encounter? L Encounter. No. Oh, there. No. 2018? Yeah. Encounter. This is a fun game. Ooh. Okay, I don't know. I don't know anything about it. That ooh might be really misplaced. Well, but it looks like there's aliens. It's science fiction. It's only ninety minutes. Yeah, I'll watch you know, it. I love my alien. Uh, yeah. Movies. But it's got two stars on IMDb, and IMDb is a very <laughs> low bar. It's on Amazon Prime. It won't cost me anything. So. And why is that? All right. It's great. Exactly. There's, there's so, so the cool thing about Amazon Prime, Kelly Wand, there's so many old crappy movies on Amazon oh, yeah, Prime. I'm finding a bunch. Like I started watching. Oh shoot, what was it called? Um, I never want this quarantine. 
<laughs> right? You can see so many. I like, love you know it. what? I'm just going to go I see what. It. I'm going to Amazon Prime. i got to see what the name of it is because I was just watching it. Uh, where's my history? Shoot. I don't know, but it's been a jackpot for me lately. It's called something like The Beast uh, Within. It was like some 1984 thing with Martin Landau. Oh. Uh, and it wait. was, and it even had a voiceover at the beginning. Like, in this town of Pottsfield, Idaho, something terrible is about to happen. There was, I was eyeballing something called The Angry Red Planet from 1960, and it's, they go to Mars, and there's like a giant spider. Ooh. Yeah. I like the sound of that. Right. But it's black and white. <laughs> oh yeah, no, no. and I think it's rear projection that shows them writing from it. Right, yeah. yeah. There's a certain there's a certain point where if you go too far, if you go beyond a certain point, it can't be any good. It's like that color out of space I was telling you about, uh, die monster die. Like oh, that's yeah. that's from before horror movies oh. were actually good. But I tried to find that Dan O'Bannon movie you mentioned. And I, yeah, resurrected. Not available. Yeah, I can't. It said it no no longer available on Amazon. Yeah, it's going to be hard to find. You'll have to, like, root around. You know, Kelly Wand, it's the sort of thing that I wouldn't be surprised if it's on oh, YouTube. Oh, Markerson. Well, or it's on – you know, it's the sort of movie that nobody cares about. I thought I looked. It's probably on YouTube in, in, in full. Like, I don't know. If you can find The Resurrected for me, direct, written by Dan O'Bannon. And directed. It? Yep, he, he directed, directed it. it. Yeah, yeah. I really want to watch it because Tom made it. I sound. want you to watch it. All right. So let's call it a night. We're going to do yes. a podcast about extraction uh, sometime in the next couple of weeks. That will appear in your podcast feed. Until then, I am Tom Chick, and I've been joined by Kelly Wand. Fuck you, Chick. Christmas is scary. Here comes Santa Claus. Here comes Santa Claus. Right by Santa Claus Lane. He doesn't care if you're rich or poor. What's Trump's you? least favorite holiday? Black President's Day. Can I ask you a serious question? Absolutely not. 